Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Life Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service in the sharing of God's Word. Uh, This is where we study, we learn, and we abide in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. And if there is one thing that I know for sure, there is our way and there is God's way. Heavenly Father, we ask for you to join us in communion, in sharing of your word. Endow us, Father, with an understanding and a heart and a mind to be open to receiving your wisdom and your discernment. Help us to be strengthened and guided in our daily walks with Christ to be the vessels that you would have us to be, to be the light that you, to have your light shine in us and through us, to lift your name up, to give you all the glory and that we may lead others to become family members in the body of Christ. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity, for those who are with us, and we pray that this word, as you use me as your vessel, will be an encouragement to them, to inspire them, to lift them up, to give them hope and peace. This we ask and pray in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad you could join us uh, again. If you're uh, coming back, if you're first time, welcome. Always always glad to to have individuals people join for this feasting on god's word i'm just god's errand boy right but his message is uh, delivered to you and i'm honored to be able to be a vessel for god to deliver his word to his people Uh, i want to talk today in today's message about managing our mental manifestations in, in last week's message, uh, I spoke from God's work about the importance and implications of what's in our hearts. Uh, this week, I want to address uh, the mind, specifically how Christ would have us act, think, and live. Uh, leveraged correctly, our, our minds can be powerful tools for God to use to spread the message of hope and love, peace and joy and salvation and eternal life. Incorrectly used, our minds can be destructive, as destructive as an atomic bomb, both to ourselves and to others. Uh, Yes, our minds wield considerable power. Uh, This is why it's crucial for us to take care to ensure only thoughts that give life and lifts up life are allowed inside. I want to take the passage uh, for today from the book of Philippians, chapter 2. I'm going to uh, start at the beginning and and go for a few verses. Uh, So I'm going to read from the New International Reader's Version. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, starts with, Are you cheerful because you belong to Christ? Does his love comfort you? 
Is the Holy Spirit your companion? Has Christ been gentle and loving toward you? Then make my joy complete by agreeing with each other. Have the same love. Be one in spirit and purpose. Don't do anything only to get ahead. Don't do it because you're proud. Instead, be free of pride. Think of others as better than yourselves. None of you should look out for just your own good. You should also look out for the good of others. You should think in the same way Christ Jesus does. In his very nature, he was God. But he did not think that being equal to God was something he should hold on to. Instead, he made himself nothing. He took on the very nature of a servant. He was made in human form. He appeared as man. He came down to the lowest level. He obeyed God completely, even though it led to his death. In fact, he died on a cross. So God lifted him up to the highest place. He gave him the name that is above every name. When the name of Jesus is spoken, everyone's knee will bow to worship him. Every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow to worship him. Everyone's mouth will say that Jesus Christ is Lord, and God the Father will receive the glory. That's, that's a very stirring passage. It, it, it speaks to so many things. Um, I want to zero in on the thinking part, so to the topic title for today's message is, What's on your mind? <laughs> What's on your mind? Our, our minds are tools of God or the devil's workshop, and we get to choose which of those it is. What, what goes on in our minds? Our thoughts inevitably determine our actions and behaviors, uh, be it conscious or in our subconscious. Allowed to operate unchecked, on its own accord, our minds can wreak havoc in our lives. It can, it can destroy our lives, just, just in the thought pattern. Therefore, it's of particular importance to pay close attention to what we allow ourselves to dwell on mentally as it will have a direct bearing on what manifests physically, be it good or bad. Now, I could end the message right there, but far be it for me to not provide additional insight from God's Word as evidence as to, to why this is so important. So, the, 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 the first point is, is your mind, you, and, and God. So first, let's examine the mind a little bit closer. When we, when we talk about the mind, uh, narrowly defined as man's mental process, but a, but a more broad definition is the sum total of man's mental and moral state of being. Let's say that again. A, 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 a sum total of man's mental and moral state of being. I, I find it interesting that, that scholar translators have indicated that there is no Greek or Hebrew word for the word mind. 
it, that's what they've, they've they've come back with. So in in trying to define with distinction, the mind is thought of or to be the same as a person's soul, spirit, and even heart. And when we often see heart and spirit uh, intertwined uh, or or used in reference uh, to the same thing, uh, the to the totality being uh, the soul having a spirit and a heart. I've, I've heard it's put in, 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 in such a way as we are a spirit, we uh, possess a soul, and, and we live in a body, in, in this meat suit, this dust from the earth in which it will return one day, guaranteed. So these, these, these following verses I'm going to speak to, uh, being of the same mind uh, as Christ. Uh, however, they have subtle nuances in, in each uh, that provide an enhanced depth of meaning with, with each version. So in the New International Reader's Version of Philippians 2 and 2, it says, Then make my joy complete by agreeing with each other. Have the same love. Be in one spirit and purpose. In, in the Amplified, um, same chapter, uh, Philippians 2 and 2, it says, fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one in purpose, having the same love, being in full accord and one harmonious mind and intention. I mean, that, 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 that expands it in talking about being on one accord, being of like mind, which we'll talk about later, having harmony, that having the same purpose that, that then if you typically, if you have the same purpose, you have the same focus, having the same love, being equal of the, your brother as you love yourself. You see the, the, the parallel uh, there, uh, full accord, harmonious, and even with the, the, the intention. So this is not something you can fake is, is what I'm, what this is saying what I'm trying to point out. It's not something you can just uh, cater to or give words to or, or just, you know, speak empty, empty words. It's not going to work. It, has, it, is, it requires a level and degree of authenticity, of realness to, to uphold that. And in the last one, in the NIV, in Philippians 2 and 2, it says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit, and of one accord. So this is the first time like-minded is in there. So to, to be uh, like-minded is having a disposition or purpose of the same mind or habit. Same is uh, synonymous with together. So you, you, you picture people that are all in the same boat hopefully all going the same direction, and if they're oars, hopefully all rowing equally, all concerned about each other, right, and, 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 and looking after. If not, that boat is going to sink, and all aboard it perish. Hope you know how to swim if you're not interested in being like-minded, uh, and then I hope you can float, and then I hope uh, your uh, cologne or perfume is, you know, uh, makes the repels the sharks. Let's talk about the thought process. So scientifically, it, it, in talking about the thought process, we we first have a thought, and then we develop an emotion around that thought, 
And then that uh, drives, in turn, results in us acting upon it, taking action, essentially our, our behavior. So thought, emotion, action, behavior. Trying to address matters at the behavior stage is too late. The, 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 that train has already left the station. It, or put differently, the, the cows are out roaming freely with the gate swinging wide open. If we want to ensure that the herd is managed correctly, we must control the gate access. This is our mind gate, back at the thought being very careful and selective about what and who we allow to enter as they may be careless and leave the gate open, causing destruction to our herd, resulting in eventually causing harms, harm to ourselves. So we must protect the herd we were assigned to watch over with diligence. It's our duty. Be very cognizant, aware of, uh, focused on the mind gate. If, if you're looking to change behavior, do it at the thought place. When something, a thought that occurs that isn't, isn't the right thought, isn't pleasing, isn't acceptable in God's sight, isn't in your best interest, isn't healthy for you, stop it right there in its tracks. If you're the bouncer at the, at the, at the, at the entry to, to the club, you're not allowed in. I don't care who you know. I don't care how much money you have. You're not allowed in. That's, that's the way to, to reject that thought and then replace it with something positive. We, we have a tendency to sit there and dwell on things. I know I have. So I'm, I'm going to speak to myself for a little bit. I, I would often sit and dwell on things and it would just take me down to this pit of hell. I didn't curse. It was the way it was described here. And... I was wondering why I was not in good spirits because I dwelled on, I allowed that thought in, I developed an emotion around it. It was a negative emotion and it just went down this, this rat hole and it was just a thought. And then it turned into action when I tried to find ways to bring myself out of it, tried eating. Yeah, it may have temporarily solved the issue, but not long-term. Uh, you know, there's, there's different things that we will try to do behaviorally, to try to counteract where we got ourselves to by overthinking or think, uh, thinking too long, hard, developing an emotion action on, on that thought where we could have annihilated, destroyed that thought, made it cease to exist. And, and that's called prevention. Prevention often takes less effort than reaction. If we react to things, it's got to be, it's immediate. You, you reserve, that's a whole other message, but Try to be proactive, even preventive, in the thought process. Key. That's a, that's a life solution for you, free of charge. It, 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 you can pay a lot of money to folks to tell you that same thing. <laughs> uh, the first four verses of this chapter lay out what is our, our duty, uh, discourse, uh, lessons, and, and commands of us as Christians. If we have any expectation of benefiting from God's favor and compassion, Christ has uh, provided the best and greatest example of all that 
in terms of what we should do, act, think, and, and, and be like. The, the Bible is filled with uh, direction, discernment in this area, of, of which we could spend a lifetime taking it in and still not exhaust all that there is contained within the pages. Suffice to say, there's a lot to learn. And if we choose then to watch our thinking and redirect our thoughts, or there you can always, always, with today's technology, be, can't bring you your, your smartphone, any device, you can immediately go to the Word and change, change your mind, shift your mind, control the mind gate. Secondly, let God mold and shape you. Uh, I recently spoke from the Word of God about how we are made in God's image. That resemblance, as it may, spoke of the God-like qualities that are inside of us, not the physical aesthetics. In the development of those built-in qualities, our standard features included, if we were automobiles, um, we need to allow God to, to, to shape us. So, like a vehicle uh, that has an ignition that needs to be manipulated in order for the car to start, we should allow God to do the same with us, right? He, he's, he's the one to, to start the, the ignition, and we allow him to do that. Uh, he's not going to force it. He's a gentleman. We should be willing and open to in Isaiah verse uh, chapter 64, verse 8 in the NIV, Isaiah 64, 8, yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hand. So understanding that at the time, around the time this was written, clay was like precious metals uh, came from precious stones and minerals. Um, suffice to say, we have great value in God's sight. This, this clay, this, this parable uh, metaphor was uh, selected for a specific reason, to, to, to draw out very clearly what the intent here. Uh, in addition, while the clay was naturally occurring, uh, or a naturally occurring substance, it needed to be mined, and then treated so that it was in its purest form, free from contamination from all other materials. I recall being in an art class in school and uh, forming pottery on the wheel as it went around. The, the, the art of, of taking this lump of uh, uh, conditioned clay and applying just the right amount of water to, to make the clay pliable and soft enough to, to form into a shape. When I was successful, I was able to create beautiful vases and, and bowls that uh, served a specific purpose. Whether I gifted them or otherwise, uh, the, the, the vases could hold flowers and, and different things, and, and then bowls could, I mean, it, it served a purpose. And after we went through the entire process and the kiln, and, and, and it was, they were gorgeous. However, more often than not, <laughs> when the clay didn't cooperate, it broke down, and it, it folded into itself, returning to its previous form, a useless clump of clay. We don't want to be that. Just saying. 
um, like the clay, we should seek to be meek, yield to God, be obedient and agreeable, adjusting our flesh to be in line with and in the shape of how Christ lived. We have a great example of how to be. No, we're not perfect, but we have a great example of how to be. It's not an excuse not to try. It's not an excuse not to emulate the behavior that we were given the example of. Uh, this is to be Christ-like when we're doing that in our thoughts, actions, and behaviors. This is not to, to, to be docile, um, to be that useless clump of clay that's just sitting there, but instead be intentional in seeking to understand the ways, the truths, the values, the principles, and the commands of Christ, applying them daily to our lives. There, there is good reason why we should allow God to mold and shape us. Primarily, it is for a good and intended or intentional purpose. It's not for happenstance. There's, there's a goal. There's, there's a purpose. In, in fact, uh, for the specific purpose, purpose in which he created us. So what your gifting is and what your purpose is may differ than mine. It may differ to the persons next to us. So allowing God to, to mold and shape us in the way that he created us, designed us then to fulfill that purpose. Probably not a good idea to, to drive a, a lifted truck on a racetrack and a race car in the dirt. Not going to get very far. It might be funny. Might make for you know YouTube, social media videos, um, but not the way it was intended. You were not an accident. You were not an accident. You were not a mistake. You were not an error. I don't care who said that. I don't care who implied that. I don't care who insinuated that. They didn't make you, so they can't make that judgment. With that knowledge and with that understanding, you were made and allowed to be born and live for an intended purpose. A purpose that when, when enacted will be fulfilling like no other in your life. Nothing else in your life will be as fulfilling as you fulfilling the purpose that you were created for. Don't you want to know what it is? I know I do. For me. In Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 13, in the NRIV, it says, God is working in you. He wants your plans and your acts to be in keeping with his good purpose. In the Amplified, it expands on that. Chapter 2, verse 13, in the Amplified says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Notice the call out in this verse, not in your own strength. Nowhere in the Bible have I ever seen that this walk is easy. Not in there. If it is, text me, send me a message, let me know. I'd, I'd like to see that passage. 
truthfully, I've read countless times where walking with Christ presents a multitude of challenges and even worse. It would not be possible to face the challenges and to also emerge victoriously over them on our own accord, with our own strength, in our, in our, in our, of our own doing and making. That is why I take great comfort in knowing that I don't need to. I'm not trying to do this on my own that God provides me with all that I need, the strength, the courage, the peace, to face, endure, and conquer any enemy, challenge, or adversity I might face in my walk with Christ. God provides me with everything that I need. He didn't say it was going to be easy, but he said, I'll give you what you need. He didn't say it was going to be simple, but he said, I'll give you wisdom. He didn't say I, I, I would be, uh, I wouldn't get tired. I, I will give you rest. He didn't say go off and do it on your own. I will give you strength. So wherever I need to go and whatever it is that I need to do, he's laid it out there. And he's there before I even arrive to help ensure that I get to it and through it. That's the God I serve. So isn't it exhilarating to know that you've already won before the battle even began? Last point. Live like Christ, as Christ did, by his example. Uh, further to having a mind like Christ, we are compelled to also live as Christ did. Yes, many years, many years have passed since Christ walked the earth. And yes, so much is different in today's world than during the time before us and the time before that and the time before that. However, acts, behaviors, actions related to character transcend time. Should be unchanging, right? Fidelity, unchanging. Not lying, unchanging. Being trustworthy, being loving, Definition of any of those haven't changed as far as I know. I know the world has tried to manipulate those. But love is love. Trust is trust. Kindness is kindness. Period. Truth be told. Well, I'm going to go back. In other words, what is right, what is Christ-like, never gets outdated never becomes obsolete, never expires. Truth be told, in, we all in many ways have shifted further away from the examples of righteous living, Christ exemplified closer than anyone. Sad but true. In back to Philippians, in the Amplified, verse 14, it says, do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourselves. It's almost laughable how much we complain, put up resistance to, and grumble about doing the things Christ asked us to do. We, we have a tendency to, to ask in our minds, at, sometimes out loud, 
how come I have to fill in the blank? But it seems that they don't have to fill in the blank. More specifically, why do I always have to be the one to hold my peace when others can, can, can be able to fly off the handle whenever they want? Why in my walk with Christ am I struggling when it appears the heathen over there, not judging them, but looking at their actions, behavior, and aligning those with the word of Christ, heathen, are doing quite well and have everything they desire and appear to be living a life of sin? Because, well, God. We don't want to focus on them. We want to focus on what Christ asked us to do and the walk that we should be walking. And pretty much answers that almost in the next verse. Philippians 2, verse 15 in the Amplified says, that you may show yourselves to be blameless and guileless, which innocent and uncontaminated children of God, without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen as bright lights, stars, or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. So that kind of sums it up. Yeah, what you see is probably going on, but you are the light, you are the example. You are what God wants people to, to draw to, to draw him to the body of Christ, to his kingdom, so he gets the glory. I don't need to say it, but I will. Anyway, we live in a fallen, dark, and wicked world. One that cherishes and celebrates sin, evil, and deceitfulness. It, it is looked up to. It is, you can turn on anything electronic nowadays and, and, and see that being glorified. I don't care if it's make-believe. I don't care if it's just fiction or entertainment. It's not entertaining. Uh, 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 dirt isn't entertaining on my plate of food. I may do gardening and, and like to see the, the plants grow up, but I'm not eating it. Um, <laughs> the, this world that, that relishes in inflicting harm on others like it means nothing. A world in which even children of God mislead other children of God, saying that once more. A world in which children of God mislead other children of God. That ain't funny. It's despicable and irritating. And maybe why one of the reasons it's compelling me to continue to do this, because I've seen enough of it, and it's sickening. All right, putting my soapbox away. In our striving to live like Christ, it is to set ourselves apart from the world's way, to admonish, reject, refuse, and deny the lust and fallen ways of the world uh, that, that intrude and even corrupt our God-given childlike spirits, minds, bodies, and ultimately impacting our souls. To, to keep us from being lost, as uh, the world is, and instead securing our gift of eternal life with Father God and the Son. In Philippians verse 2, 
chapter 2, verse 16 in the Amplified, it says, Holding out to it and offering to all men the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may have something of which exultantly to rejoice and glory, in that I did not run my race in vain or spend my labor to no purpose. God's word is full of life life-giving wisdom and direction, free and available for all to read, study, gain infinite knowledge and wisdom. The application of knowledge, wisdom, the application of knowledge. Living life, the world's way, in vain, empty, and is, is a fruitless existence, like chasing the wind. While on the other hand, living your life for Christ is the most fulfilling, rewarding, and satisfying thing a man can accomplish with his life here on earth. Striving to live with integrity, being upright and blameless, doing God's will for our lives is not just a command, but an honor. It takes commitment, dedication, and, and perseverance, of course, but the rewards are unmatched in every way, both in this life and eternal. The rewards are unmatched in every way, both in this life and eternal. Do you really want to reach the end of your life and look back and see that you wasted it in fruitless endeavors? and pleasures of this world, when instead you could have lived a life with purpose, sort of like you've got this gigantic mansion and you choose to live in the storage closet in the garage, and, and then one day discover that the entire estate on the acreage of land was all for you? In living that life for purpose, wouldn't we rather live a life that you and generations to come can be proud of by mimicking and upholding the principles, precepts, and commands of God? In other words, do you want to be the one to cast the generational curse or the one to break it? Do you want to use your life to cast a generational curse? Or do you want to use your life to be the one to break, to dismantle, tear down, and demolish a generational curse? If I could give you any words of advice from this, it is to vigilantly and fiercely protect and shield your mind. Eject any and every thought that is against the ways and manners and values of Christ. Refuse to submit to any thought that is beneath the honor of the values of 
being in the body of Christ that isn't in line with the respect of righteousness or righteous living. In other words, stop negative, unhealthy, or wicked thoughts in their tracks before they manifest into action. This allows you to live a life like Christ, living up to your fullest potential, leading others to Christ by your consistent actions and behaviors as a member of the body of Christ. And since you are woefully, we, I, all of us, woefully unable to do this on our own, others will see the light in you and us and know that it is the God in you that enables you to endure and even prosper, giving God all the glory, as it should be. This is a very small ask in exchange for the price of the perfect and unblemished life of Christ for us to pay for our sins and our sinful nature. Father God, we, we thank you for this, this time to come together, to share, to learn, to abide, to grow and develop, to be encouraged, inspired, to live the life, the fulfilling life that you have created and designed for us, that you so meticulously, carefully planned and despite our unwillingness and our disobedience, you are still there. You still love us. You forgive us. You still want the very best for us. Where humans, after one failing, would turn their backs, you have infinite forgiveness and love and compassion for us. All we need to do is ask. All we need to do is, is abide, is desire to attempt to try to love you back in the way in which you love us. God, we thank you for your son, for the sacrifice that you made with and through him to pave the way for us to, to be saved, to have salvation and a way to, to live eternally with you. And there are some amongst us, Father, who don't know you, who don't have that relationship, who haven't asked you to be in a relationship. I want and ask for those individuals to willingly pray this prayer with me. It's called the sinner's prayer that will allow and enable them to become members of the body of Christ. And that prayer, which goes like, God, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son Jesus gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place, paying the price for my sin. And he rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. All this we ask and pray. In your precious son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you 
prayed that prayer, you have accepted Christ into your life. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. A clean slate, a new beginning. What happened last night, last yesterday ended last night. God has already thrown your sins into the sea of forgetfulness and welcomes you into the family. You have a family. You are not an orphan. You are not discarded. You are not thrown away. You have a family in the body of Christ that love you. I strongly encourage you to read and study and immerse yourself in God's word, however, in any way that you can, so that you will be well equipped to manage the challenges that inevitably all of us face in this life. But we can manage through them and emerge better for them and go through them victoriously, having the word of God to help us, to guide us, to steer us, to lead us, to protect us as we learn and know that. I have just one ask for you. Please share this message with someone who you think might benefit from it. You never know. Give them the opportunity to be encouraged in their daily walk with Christ. Will you, will you do that for me? I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for joining. We appreciate your support as always, and I hope you can join us again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's word and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www. Dot gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.